The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your freaking host, Raider Greg. And uh, what can I say? What can I say? First, I can say this. Welcome to show 120. (laughs) Because it's almost over. It's almost over. They'll be removing the bamboo from under your fingernails any second. That's the kind of season we've had this year for Raider fans. And boy, don't I know it. Don't you know it. And this week is no exception when we tried to silence the lambs. And they should have changed it to, I should have changed it to silence of the shams. Because our offense was just a sham. Uh, Just pitiful painful and i mean i didn't think any sporting event could be actually physically painful but watching this team uh as the cold wintry wind blew through the coliseum was just unfreaking believable yes it would have been better to be home and be able to turn off the television anyways Hey, you know what? We got things to do. We got uh, draft picks or some news that's happened. Before I get further into that, first, I want to send out my condolences to the Jones family. George Runwan Jones, after 36 years of prowling the sidelines and looking after the Oakland Raiders' home turf, has passed away of a heart attack, yes, the day before the game. Um, He wore shorts in any weather. Freezing cold, burning hot. He wore shorts, and he was a familiar statue on the sidelines while he was waving his white towel and trying to get the the fans pumped up for that uh, defensive throng. Um, Run Run Jones is pretty cool. I saw him at one Raiders event, the one I went to, and uh, just a nice guy, I'm sure. Al Davis had a lot of... A lot of things to say about the guy, and other people have as well. If you check out all the blogs and uh, forums, you'd be seeing other people with stories of Run Run Jones, evidently with his four rings, his three Super Bowl rings from the Raiders, and I think he has an AFC Championship ring too. Well, um, so that's a sad thing. And Lamar Hunt of the Chiefs, founder of the Chiefs organization, also a founder of the old AFL. Him and Al had a lot of history, a lot of head run-ins and everything else, but, you know, time seems to heal all things and put things into a different type of perspective. So rest in peace, Run Run Jones, the Raider Nation. Those of us who go and pay attention will definitely miss you. So let's get on with the rest of our podcast. Oh, from the frost cast right here at the Red Nation Podcast. A pissed! Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. Today's show will be. We'll talk about the pro only if you're on a winning team bull sham and our three contestants that I think should definitely be a shoe-in for the the contest, which is going to be a joke anyways. The call is coming. It's growing. It's getting louder and louder for 
Art Shell to step down. Not for the firing, look, we had the hatred for Turner, but people are asking Art, I am sure, on the inside, to please sit down. Of course, we'll go over our comments forum section and maybe a couple little tidbits of news along the way. It's a place where this brother spit it to me on how to be a Mac a G and not a wanna be. It wasn't about the body, just that the put the money you racked up and when it came to standing your ground, you never backed up. Okay, the post game for the Silence of the Lambs, and it wasn't the Silence of Lambs. There were quite a few Ram fans at the game. The tailgate was awesome. John Paul Nuno, of course, we saw, and Sergeant Major Chris Rodriguez showed up at the tailgate. We had a hell of a good time. It was fun. Um had some beers, saw some friends. And it was uh, all around. We saw Nil Billy Boy, which was great. It was really nice to see you, Nil Billy. Good to see you. You know, we talk about the team. We talk about everything that's going on. It's so freaking depressing. But the fans, as he reminded me and the rest of the Raider Nation, you'll see it if you check out the RaiderNationVideoCast.com. That's our site for our video. Anyways, you'll see him in there. Oh, man, Neil Billy Boy just puts it out. He's like he's tearing his heart out. Uh, the team's been ripping all of our hearts out. And you know what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it a lot today. So we got a big show, and we're going to roll with it. About the Lambs, I'll tell you right now. The Lambs came here ready for business. Steven Jackson exposed our pitifully porous defensive line. Any strong, good running back, I mean, I, you know, I just go down the line. I don't even have to tell you. You saw it this year. You felt it this year. And anybody that had any type of running game well, worked our ass over. And that's exactly what the Rams did to us. Their offense was terrible, too. This game was painful. I'm sure the Ram fans were feeling the same way. There's not a whole lot of confidants in the stands as far as the Rams are concerned. Matter of fact, most of their fans were thinking that they were going to lose. And we're surprised, uh, of course, happily, to see their team roll over the Raiders, a uh, score of 22-0. Third big, fat, stinking suckwad of an egg that we've had this season, and that's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That's what i got to say because it's the truth. Now, about this game. We will never win football games with five turnovers. We will never win football games with zero points. Curry was a star. Shell said we didn't. We don't use him much because they're worried about his Achilles injury, and I have to agree. I'm glad we get some production out of him. I hope that he can kick it up a couple notches too. We got sacked four times. They got hurried numerous times. Steven Jackson was fierce. 31 carries for 127 yards. Now, Raider fans, that's a running back. Unfreaking believable. Justin Fargus ran seven times for 39 yards in the first quarter. Unbelievable. Rest of the game was Aaron Brooks and Andrew. I look like Kerry Collins, Walter. Special teams, Cooper forced a fumble. He forced a forced block, but there was a celebration, and we lost 15 yards, never got close to a kicking. And, of course, the coaching was 
pedestrian on the offensive side. No one was trying. No one was playing. Gosh, dog it, man. I hate to go over this stuff, but damn it. And I said, damn. I cannot believe how shitty we are, man. Blows me away. Just blows me away. I'm sure it blows you away, too. I just have to keep saying it because it just blows me away so much. No payback for Brooks, baby, on this game. He was looking for payback because Hazlitt, guess what? He's a defensive coordinator for the Lambs. Uh, that's right. So do you think he knows a little bit how Brooks plays? You bet your ass. You know, that's something that uh, I really didn't think was going to make much of a difference, but evidently it did because their defense came in hard, shut us down, and that was over. No revenge for Brooks, and especially when he got tossed out of the game, which is another story we'll talk about. Well, what the hell? I'll say it right now. Brooks was flipped out. I don't mean he was just upset. I don't mean he was a Randy Moss, I'm going to be a crybaby biatch and go cry in the towel, put a towel over my head and be a bitch. No. He was ultimately pissed, in your face, chin up, nose in the sky. I didn't like the idea. It was a bad decision. I had to go in there and finish my game. This is a game that he was emotionally charged with, and I will call that another one of Shell's ultimate blunders this season. And if you think the tone I'm talking about Shell is a little harsh, well, get used to it and buckle your seatbelts because... There's a whole lot more coming down the pipe about the man. As for the Rams game, I am not going to tell you anymore. It was painful. I told you at the beginning of the podcast, you can pull the freaking bamboo splinters out from underneath your fingernails because it's over. Stick your fingers in ice, take a big sigh, suck down a shot of Jack Daniels, and just go back to your life. Because this game was freaking painful. Now, Naomi picked up another interception. That was awesome. You know, you got Burgess in there working hard. You got Leckler. Leckler. I just think of all the wasted kicks he's kicked in the last four freaking years. And this is a diamond. This guy, if we had a team... This guy could just make such a big difference. He does on this team. Imagine if we had an offense that could do what we... Uh, I just I just don't know. The offense has to inspire the defense. The defense has to inspire the offense. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic what's happening in the Raiders organization and locker room at this point in the game. Now, are there guys like like Cooper? Cooper is the man. What a character. What a class act. What a guy that when he talks to the cameras, he talks right to you. You feel it. You know he's talking the right stuff. I know, I know I'm, dil I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm flipped out. You know, I've, <laughs> I think it'd be beyond all this shit, but I'm not. The Lambs just punked us, kicked our ass, and that's all I got to say about that. They tried to put Walter in the last part of the game, and it was a big disaster. Two interceptions, one right after another. Yeah, an art shell. Response, of course, was 
We wanted to get a spark. Well, you got to have some fuel to get a spark, man. You can't put some cold timber out there and try to make it happen. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to light. I'll tell you this right now. Wet wood does not happen. Uh, You can't put the fire to it, and that's what happened. Unbelievable. Painful. I've never seen so many people leave in the third quarter in my life. Never. It was ugly. The parking lot, (laughs) it was nothing to get out of there because everybody was already gone. Crazy. Crazy season. Anyway, so we lost. We got punked. Okay, so let's move on. Naomi, Asamoah, Leckler, Shane Leckler, and Derek Burgess, all three belong in the Pro Bowl. And will they get in there? Probably not. We will see. I hope. I pray. It's one of those things for those guys personally, just for the things they do for the team. Uh, Maybe Warren Sapp, too. But it actually should be called the pro only if your team is winning bowl because anybody else doesn't really get in there. Leckler should have been there a bunch of times. I could just go on a plethora of names that should be in the pro bowl but are not. And the other ones that should be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame and are not. Just another sham of the NFL looking to be, you know, I don't know what they're trying to look like, that they're trying to be fair. Like the game counts. I mean, really. I mean, at least in baseball, when they have the all-star game, it counts for home field, I believe. They should do something like that for football because this Pro Bowl is just a vacation in Hawaii, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But don't make it all that because it's not. I just wish our guys could uh, – because they put in a hell of an effort this year, and I wish they they could go out there and have that vacation. They freaking deserve to have it. But just because they're on the lowly 2-14, and and you heard me. I said 2-14, and Raider fans. Because this team – has officially quit. And I, I told you that last podcast, and I, I can put the money down now because Kansas City is going to come here and roll us up, and that's going to be called it, and the Jets are trying to make a run. So you can just forget about that in the Arctic tundra that is Jets Field. We are in a very bad situation as Oakland Raider fans. Not as a fan, but as a team. So let's go on to the next story, if we may, that the crowd noise is absolutely boiling over with the calling of Shell Resignation. Yes, Art Shell might be out of a job. I have told you my, my takes before, but you know what? I was listening to a radio show after the game. And one fan called in and started talking about all the mistakes that Archell made. And I'm telling you, this guy was right on the money. He was not obnoxious. He wasn't a drunk Raider fan after the game. He was very articulate and to the point about the bad decisions, the inability to throw the red flag at the correct time, the inability to make changes, the poor poor, uh, communication with Porter and why that wasn't resolved. You know... A lot of things that happened, why didn't he use Porter for the best of the team? He should have put him out there and played him because we need to 
let's say, win a game. And then the flip-flop of Walter and and Aaron Brooks. There's a lot of scuttlebutt that the locker room. This happened back in 1994, ladies and gentlemen. The same exact mirror finish of this debacle at the end of the season is exactly what happened. And this is what the locker room looked back then. They were tired of the excuses. They were tired of not making it to the the show, and it was time to move on. And I think we've hit it again, folks. The inability for Shell to see that his offensive coordinator was not able to make it happen, and him being the only one. You know, he didn't have to give him the job. He could have given him another job, the coach of the assistant to the assistant, and giving him a job so he could try to make him work into the, the position. But no, he has to throw him in the hot seat. Oh, yeah, I can do it. Well, and then after everybody, especially your teammates, that thought the playbook was juvenile, that throw that in your face and for you not to see it and at least compare it to something else somewhere in the league and say, this doesn't look very good to me, Tom Mara broke back Idaho Walsh. And to continue to back the man up with the worst offense in the history of our team it is wrong. It was wrong. It was a bad decision. And those things is are what get you fired in life. I made a bad decision. I stuck with the wrong thing. Hey, it's business. That's the way it goes. Now, as far as the pro goes for Art, Art is a Raider. He is a true blue, silver and black bleeding son of a gun. And that guy loves his team, and he loves it to the point of his heart. His heart's broken, man. He's broken because his team is not performing. Well, I know, man, he's got all the feelings in the world, but those things do not change games. One man cannot make it happen if he's lost the locker room, which it looks like he has lost it completely because our team has folded up camp and is already on vacation. Archell is going to have to pay the piper. I hope him and Lombardi both hit the door. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll tell you right now, the big news is Al Davis came on out. And that kind of goes to our next story. Crazy like a fox, oh, Al came out. Popped into the locker room post-game. Didn't say much about the game. Talked a lot about Lamar Hunt and Run Run Jones. But knew that he would he would see reporters. It was not like he was going to be surprised, like there were not going to be support reporters in there. It made the articles about this say that, oh, it was like, oh, we caught Al Davis down there. Ooh, what was he doing down in the locker room? What he was doing down in the locker room is doing what Al does. Crazy like a fox. Al Davis knows exactly when to undo the pressure cooker. So the pressure cooker from the fans is on right now. Everybody is pissed. The pressure is high. Al has to come out. Al only comes out when the pressure's high. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. So he came out crazy like a fox. He started talking about Run Run Jones and life and how we all want to win. He compared winning to winning a beautiful woman or a not-so-beautiful woman. And, of course, he said he'd like to have the beautiful woman. That's what women, what winning is like. He described that 
he knows that we're having some trouble. We're going to try to get this thing right, but he's not talking about it right now. That's for another time, he says. Well, we're going to get together again soon, Al says. Al Davis is going to get together again soon. That means there must be an announcement of some kind. I can only guess that it's going to be either Lombardi or Shell, perhaps both. I don't know, but I will tell you this. It's not looking good in the locker room for the Raiders organization. I am hard-pressed these days to find a reason to cheer for my team. It's hard to grasp at anything positive about this season. We've had very little victory and fanfare in the parking lot of the Coliseum. It's a pathetic thing to find that you, your team, when it makes a first down on the field, the crowd roars like it's a doggone touchdown. That is pathetic. Something we used to take for granted and know what happened. Well, I'm as frustrated as you guys are, but that's just the way it goes. We're going to be looking at draft picks here pretty soon. I want to save that up for the next couple shows. And hopefully we'll get through this mess here soon. We only have two more games, one at home uh, just before Christmas. And that reminds me, Raider Nation, we do have two tickets to that game. So if you want to go see the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a Saturday night, 5 o'clock is when the game starts on the 23rd, Saturday night. So if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go, too. So if you want to have those tickets, you have to post a post on the Raider Nation podcast comments forum section on why you feel you should get those tickets. I don't care where you live. You don't have to live 500 miles away. You can live next door. But I need to have something on this website so I know you're real and you're alive and you do bleed the silver and black because it's our last home game. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to miss it, and you're going to miss it. Everybody in the parking lot knows they're going to miss it. So without further ado, let's go to the Raider Nation podcast comments form section. All aboard! Okay, Daniel and Chino came in and mentioned he was going to go to the game and uh, talked a little about the rivalry, and I understand that rivalry, and he was there. I wish I'd have seen you, Daniel, man. We're, you know where we always are. Come on, next time you come up, come on over to the Red Nation Podcast. We'll take care of business, if you know what I'm talking about. The assassin comes in with Walter. Way to seize the moment, Walter. Throw a pick that leads to a touchdown. If he's the future, next season is already over. You know what, man? I'm telling you, Liner. I said it. I meant it. I'm not saying that I'm Nostradamus, but I'm telling you this. Uh, Colorado Chris has to agree with me. There's a lot of fans that do, too. I know uh, from the Raider take, Sean, he agrees, too. It's a sour pill to swallow, but that guy is the real deal and will come back to punish the rest of the league that didn't take him. Trust you me. But I don't know about Walter, man. We've given him his chance. I wanted to see him. We saw him. I think we got to move on and look for some some greener pastures or something. Colorado Chris, Al, 
Al, I'm available to play QP. <laughs> okay, the preacher. Rest in peace. The moment of silence for Run Run Jones. Rest in peace, loyal friend. Your nation will miss you. Thanks for everything. That's true, man. Guy was really an awesome Raider fan. I mean, he was like the ultimate fan. He lived there. He lived the whole thing. He was a true Raider. The Cuban gangster comes in the game. Another shootout. Wow. That's three perfect games. Opposing defensive has pitched against us. I was glad to see we finally bench Brooks and put our so-called future into the game. Yo, Adrian. Every week I'm starting to believe more and more that we should draft Adrian Peterson. That's what I say. Or there's another guy named McDonald or um, I'm not sure. Mech something, I think. He's pretty tough, too. I'll get that name for you in just a bit. Korea's been coming along nicely and could be the solid number one receiver for us. I think so, too. Gabriel could be number two. I totally agree. Morant, he played, too, in the slot. They didn't throw to him, although, you know, because we're going to lose, of course, those two guys, I would think. And they're talking about drafting Calvin Johnson. I don't think so. I don't think we need him. We have, we have other things that we need more, but we sure, and he says, oh, yeah, one last thing, fire our shell. There you go. John Shoup, um, the ball sack, and please get rid of Moss, Porter, Gallery, and that's all I want for Christmas. Yeah, I got to agree 100%. That's the nation. We're all coming out with, you know, Art. I think Art needs to step his ass down. I think Art needs to get down and move down, move around, get out, put down a letter and say, I have not been able to accomplish my things that I wanted to accomplish. It doesn't look like it's going to happen here. Um, perhaps the game has passed me by. Whatever he wants to say, you know, he can say I got the gout. Whatever he wants to use in his excuse, but I'm stepping on down. Uh, so, but he's, you know, we'll we'll see. But it seems to me Al Davis is already starting to make his presence known, and he only does that when things are going to move and shake. I think. You know, I could be wrong. Tell me. Post it up, man. Get up on this thing and tell me what you think. But I think Al is ready to make some serious announcements. I don't know what they are. We got Bruce Allen and John Gruden both on a very shaky stick down there in Tampa Bay. And those guys could fall right off the shelf into Oakland if Al sees it the possibility. I'm sure he misses Bruce Allen because Bruce was the man when it came to managing cap numbers. Now, Bruce got a big raise when he went to Tampa Bay. He might have to suck it up when he comes back here to Oakland. However, it would be nice to have both these gentlemen, and I take a big gulp when I say that because, really, Gruden hasn't done anything in Tampa Bay. I don't know what the situation is down there, but since he won the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team, he has not done very much. So he brought a team here from nothing to really something, and it's worth giving him a shot because I like him. I think Chucky belongs in silver and black myself. So the wrench 77 comes in and says, what else? <laughs> Shit, I thought I was bad with Turner. You know, the good old days, I think we'd, we'd, we'd fire everyone. That's what we has to do. And he goes on, man. He's, he's, he's pissed. Everything's in capital letters. He's talking about no chemistry in the team. We can't get the players to get it together. Keep the D. He says, get rid of everybody else. Shit can the rest of the team. What are you going to do? You know what? A whole nation is dealing with it. The whole nation. 
Okay, here we go. A dingo ate my baby. That's right. A dingo ate my baby from the black hole sun. Out of the blue, someone at work told me I had field-level tickets to the 40-yard line, although I wasn't going to have the time to tailgate. I look forward to the Raiders playing a team we actually were favored to beat. What a disappointment. Our slug-like offense hardly had the first down in this game. There's nothing more pitiful than the crowd celebrating a first down like we scored a TD. So sad. That's right on, man. It's very true. Always, the highlight of the game was Nambi, of course. He owned Torrey Holt. He sure did. I think he only got one ball. One ball only. It was fun to watch that matchup. Other than that, there was some good rushing by our D-line as we took down Bulger four times. It should have been more. Uh, but goddamn zebras were picking on us with a vengeance this week. Yeah, there were some shitty, shitty calls by the doggone uh, zebras. We got punked. We got bitch slapped by those guys again. Our game plan was a joke. Our long all line couldn't pick up a single blitz. And I will have to tell you that uh, Langston Skywalker is a doggone revolving door. Uh, he got beat down four times. They got they got two sacks off his side. What a and he made some penalties. I don't know what we're gonna do. We gotta move on. We gotta get a new line. That's all there is to it. I've nef- never left a game in the third quarter, but this game did not deserve any more than that. The stadium was <laughs> half empty in the first quarter, and only got worse. A lot of folks ditched at halftime. That's true, man. We could see that there was nothing happening. It was nothing happening but a cold breeze, man. It was a beautiful day out, but it was enough to keep me interested. It was like watching the Browns play the Cardinals. Interest level just wasn't there. There was a sense of detachment in the crowd. <laughs> no shit. The team has really lost its fans. And we're there. So sad. Well, that's true, man. It's true because the fans were detached. What are you going to do? Can you just continue to stay emotional and get kicked in the teeth? Okay, here we go. This is a great one. And coming from Colorado, Chris, this is perfect way to end the podcast here. Comes in bullshit. ESPN just had to mention that LT has more TDs and more points scored than the entire Raider team this season. My football, 12 and 21, go Ducks. My boys from Oregon will kill BYU. Well, you got to hang on to something. There certainly isn't much to hang on here at the Raider Nation. The team is uh, in a dead spiral. But you know what, fans, I'll tell you right now. You got to go. We got one more game uh, at home. And, of course, we have the Jets game that we can enjoy on the TV. Um, And then... We start the rebuilding process. Hopefully Al will see the dysfunction and eradicate and exercise the demons out of this team. We had potential this season. Don't give me that bullshit that we didn't have a chance because we didn't have no one who played. That is not the case. We had disarray from the management side, and that's what started this cascade of comedy or drama or malcontent football. However you want to say it, it started with Art Shell and Tom Walsh. That was the driving force of the season. They have good players. They had good players. 
but neither coach could figure out how to use these good players to the advantage of our team. I will not believe in one second that it was the team's fault that things happened this way. I will say that it takes a lot more than just a bunch of guys that know how to play football to make it happen. Successful teams have successful attitudes, and that starts with the coaching staff and the organization. If you don't have any confidence when you come to work, you open up the book on the things you're supposed to know, and it looks like a child's comic book, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to give your right arm, your kneecap, your pelvis, your back, your neck, possibly being paralyzed for life, you know, a life full of injuries and painful joints as long as you live after you leave the game? For what? For that? I don't think so. Anyway, not to go too far into it, but you know what? It would be a beautifully wonderful thing if we could beat the doggone Chiefs at home. I think if this team actually has enough ball sack to make it happen, um, that would show a spark of light for the offseason. If it doesn't happen, well, then my everything I've said in this podcast is true. In the last podcast about the team giving up, the ship is sunk. It's on the bottom, and we're just picking up survivors. Because uh, I hope not, but that's what it looks like to me. Doggone it, and here we go. I, I still have hope that we could beat the Chiefs at home. I guess there's one thing you ought to call me. I'm just a frustrated Raider fan. <laughs> Who always sees a possibility of a victory. Well, with all that said and done, I am Redder Greg, and I am out. Out.